We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the EP Podcast. I'm Dr. Carlo Navas. And with me today, as always, my producer and co-founder, Brian Goins. You're muted. See, see, I was about to say, I feel like I haven't been on one of these in a while. It hasn't been as always as usual. Yeah, um, that was that was. Sure enough, I, have, I forgot to unmute myself. So yeah, I, I muted you because uh, just of the way that 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 Streamyard can work. Sometimes. Exactly. But we're here. <laughs> the Heat won Game One. Uh, pretty, pretty surprisingly, I think to a lot of people. Um, yeah. Miami also won their tiebreaker today, so they get the 18th pick, not the 20th pick. Uh, so shout out to shout out to the Heat for winning their little draft tiebreak. Um, let's talk about that real quick. Like every Heat fan really wanted to tank that last game against the Bulls to go up four spots for the 0.5% chance of landing the number one overall pick. Just think about that. They wanted a better pick too, but four spots compared to what we just witnessed and experienced yesterday. Bless you. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, that was well worth winning that Bulls game. And definitely yesterday's game was probably their best win of the season thus far. Also, we hope there's more of them that to come, which um, I know we'll get into in this breakdown that um, I'm really excited to, to watch. I know you did this last year during the Heat's uh, Easter Conference Finals run. So um, I'm kind of like excited to see what you put together for us. And yeah, so today we're going to look at we're going to talk a little bit about the game first. And then we're going to look at some some film. I, I went through the I went through some stuff today and I. Saw interesting things that Miami was doing that I thought was pretty unique uh, to this kind of matchup with Milwaukee and stuff that I hadn't really seen them break out. So we're going to break down that game. But Brian, speaking of games, you know that Miami Gaming Parties gives you a customized gaming experience? Miami Gaming Parties delivers private custom video game tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests. And it's truly custom. You can pick the package. You can pick the game, premium, 
or black tie VIP for eight to 16 people. That's like a full NBA roster. We, they bring it all, everything from PS5s so to trophies for the winners. You can play it at home or at a venue of your choosing with free on-site consultation, perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, anything you want. Check out MiamiGamingParties.com for more information. You can check them out on Twitter at GamingParties, on Instagram at Miami underscore gaming underscore parties, or search Miami Gaming Parties on Facebook. So check out our homies over there as uh, as Miami games their way into game two. And, and you could uh, do a gaming party for 2K where the Heat beat the Bucks in four. Yeah, you just all fucking pick the Heat and beat the Bucks. Just, just will this. Or- or do what Alex and I did, where we pick like the current version of the Heat and we play against the Big Three Heat, and Alex still beats me with the old, the the new version of the Heat. Because <laughs> Jimmy's a gamer. No, Kyle Lowry beat me the last game. Oh, I that's right. You've, you've tweeted that out before. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you know, kind of we can start with Kyle. Funny enough, but Brad, I think he's kind of hurt. You know, he got hurt in that game against the Bulls. Sat out the yeah. last couple minutes. Looked hobbled, only played 18 minutes. They thankfully didn't need him because Gabe Vincent played so well. Um, but he looks he looks kind of banged up. I don't remember if this even made air or not, but I know that Tiff and I talked after hangover time, and we were saying how, like, he may need to sit a couple games. I wouldn't be surprised if he just, like, is not available for game two. How did, how did he look to you, man? Because, like, he just looked a little bit not not healthy. I mean, to be honest, he didn't really do much outside. Maybe like that first quarter, he had like that one really good, um, like pick and roll path. slip. Yeah, which was it was a nice finish from him. Uh, I think he had another assist, but that was his only shot attempt for the game. So he went one for one from the field, played 19 minutes. Um, honestly, like defensively, I didn't really notice him as much out there as well. So uh, Gabe also had a better game. Um, I would expect Gabe to still start. I don't know how many minutes you would want um, from Kyle now that Hero's gone. That's what, because Kyle yeah, played 19, and Hero had like about 20 minutes himself before he obviously was out for the second half. So that's 20 minutes that's that's out there to be grabbed. I think Duncan played about six as well. So that's really 25, 26 minutes. If, if Kyle doesn't even play 20 on it by himself. Between Duncan so, and Oladipo, you know, they're going to have to kind of fill that void. Exactly. Um, I am not like a, I see people on Twitter and I saw Siobhan tweeting about this. I'm just not a big Oladipo guy this season. I think he, you know, I don't I know like that, him for his matchup though. I don't know. I, 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 Bond makes a point that he can kind of, as a penetrator, he can get into the same spaces that Tyler does. I just feel like a lot of how Tyler gets there is leveraging his shooting. I, and, I think. As a starter, I don't think that makes sense when you're playing three guys that are non-shooters. Like we've yeah. seen this happen before in the past in, in playoff series. Like what helped Miami in this last game was their three-point shooting and and Boston would not Boston. The Bucks were obviously like respecting Miami from the three-point toward towards the end of the game. Like you did see Brooke Lopez at least get a little bit out of the paint where Jimmy was able to operate and Bam was able to take that mid-range a few times. Um, I think Kevin Love even had a quote like it really took Kevin Love also making a couple threes to really get Brooke Lopez to step out as well from the paint. Like to me, I think I think it has to be either Kayla plays more minutes, Love has to play more minutes, both. It'll be a committee thing. And then I think if you had to bring another guard off, I think I would go Duncan first. I, I like Duncan in this matchup, and I actually have some clip a clip or two to, to talk and about. Kind of, he, he's had some good games against the Bucks in playoffs. I think outside of the obvious, he brings some interesting data things to the offense. But 
you know, obviously Tyler out, you know, with the broken hand is just such a huge blow, man. He, he had played so well early in that game. And, you know, I think the expectation is Giannis comes back, maybe not game two, but, you know, probably game it two. looks like he is. Uh, yeah. It, Shams, it, Shams had a video out today this morning on the athletics saying that he had x-rays um, after the game. They were negative. MRI today came out negative as well. So it's really just a pain tolerance thing. It sounds like he's going to try to give it a go. Whether or not like he's even effective. And especially like if he gets like bumped again, like he probably miss, you know, the majority of the second game as well. If he gets a, a, just a small, you know, ticky tacky. And he still has yeah, today and tomorrow to rest. We so got two days mm-hmm. um, in between games. It's, it's going to help, you know, in a, in a first round series. So yep. and I kind of hope that Kyle can take that time to also get a little better. What was, was Kyle's injury? Cause it's, it sounded like it was like a, um, like neon knee bruise kind yeah, of thing. It was, like a, it was a knee bump. Yeah, it was a knee bump. And he's been dealing with like a, a bruised knee for a while too. I think. Yeah. I well, know. at least you know. And then obviously all that stuff kind of compounds because like I, I don't, I, you know, his lower body just hasn't been right ever since that hamstring, and then that's the knee, and it all kind of connects. Um, that Atlanta game looked like the Kyle that we've been dying to see. Yeah, baby. Two seasons he was here. So like I'm thinking like if Kyle can give you a game or two in the series like that. That's what Miami just needs from him. Like obviously in game six against Boston, or really the guy who stepped up with Jimmy was Kyle. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people forget, like he was huge that game. Um, and and they're gonna need him to give a gutty performance a couple games in, in this in this in this hopefully run. Um, but listen, they took home court. They, you know, they took home court against the number one seed. They won game one. They punched him in the mouth. I thought they played really as well as you could hope. And then now we're going to see what Milwaukee comes back with. And, you know, if Giannis doesn't play, they'll be certainly at an advantage uh, from that standpoint. But, you know, regardless, you get to come back to Miami at worst tied. And, you know, you've been a very good home team. You come feed off the crowd, which has been, which was really great during the two playing games, particularly the Bulls won the crowd. I know that the the flooding kind of made everybody late, but, you know, they were, they were out in full force. So Brian, let's just get into it, man. Let's, let's get into Let's get into how kind of the Heat played these games and 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 this game and how like the things I I liked and noticed. So, I think one of the more important things in this series is going to be how they defend Giannis. Yeah. And Brian, I've, I've they've always kind of done the wall thing. You know, they kind of wall off the paint. <laughs> they send a lot of help. So usually the guy, the low man and the weak side, the the low man and the strong side guy, kind of come in with the on-ball guy and, and they kind of, you know, they, they, they build a little, a little wall and, and he's seeing three or four shirts and it's and in transition they, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And they try to make it as difficult as possible. And then if any kind of ball movement, they kind of send a ton of help. They're doing something totally different now. So let's, let's kind of get into it. Oh, did this, uh, want to kind of, so look, so bam is in a drop. And they used to they used to always kind of switch these actions. So you see, Bam is on the ball here on Giannis. Brooke Lopez is coming to screen. Kevin Love is guarding Brooke Lopez on the set. Looks, Look at I think Caleb Jimmy's Martin. Drop. Wait, who's who's on the floor? It's Bam, Caleb, Ka- Bam, Caleb. Like- Kyle's in the corner, and I believe Jimmy's in the other corner. Who's right? Who's right behind uh, Brooke right now? That's that's Kevin Love. Okay. So so normally Miami would kind of switch that action. Uh, Miami's not doing that. Miami wants to guard Giannis one-on-one with Bam. Bam started on Giannis. This is in the first quarter, and Bam, and Bam stayed on Giannis the whole game. And I and they don't switch. They drop. And if 
they'll fight the they'll they'll fight to not switch. So we'll kind of run it. You see that screen comes. Kevin Love kind of shows in a drop. Look at where Caleb is. They still build the wall, right? So Caleb is there. They're holding that line at the nail. Yeah. You know, you have Carter out here in the corner. Jimmy's the low man in this case. So if, if the wall is breached, Jimmy can kind of come in and, and help. Kyle also kind of pinching in between the shooter and, and the paint. And Who, quick question yeah. right here. Who's who's like so right here? I know like what happens because we already just played the clip that um Giannis takes a jumper, but in the next situation, like if if they look at this game on this film on tape, you see like Jan Carter Carter's pretty much wide open, you know, on the weak side. Would or strong side? Would that be um, whose responsibility would it be to help on him? Would it be Caleb or would it be Jimmy? Yeah, that's Caleb's man. So I mean, Jimmy will kind of pinch in in case Caleb doesn't make it because then Jimmy can just kind of jump close out on his guy in the corner. But you know, Caleb Caleb is going to move on the pass, right? I mean, Caleb is really there to show and kind of give a body to Giannis. So we're going to run it and look. Bam pushes Lopez. He fights to not switch. I didn't even see Bobby Porter on the other side of the corner. Yeah, that's Bobby's Jimmy's man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so I was like, Bam, oh, yeah, that's right. There's five guys for the box, too. And look at this <laughs> one, two, three, four guys in the paint and Lowry. Giannis is going to make this pass. He's going he's gonna to take the shot. I mean, and Miami's going to get the rebound, Kyle. So we'll run that back. And I want you to guys see, look, fight, no switch. Kind of let him take that jump shot. And yeah. that's kind of what Miami's going to want to do all series long. They want him to take jump shots. They don't want him in the paint and they're going to try to, you know, they're going to guard him as much as they can with Bam, but it's a team effort. You know, let's take a look at another play. So now Giannis is a screener, right? Giannis is not the ball handler. Giannis is a screener. Bam is on him. We're going to run it. Jimmy's on the ball. That screen connects. Bam's in a drop. Jimmy, they're not switching that as they normally would because last year, PJ Tucker and Bam or Jimmy and PJ were always switching. So, Bam is staying in a drop. We're not switching like we're always used to. Bam, look, Bam's going to stay in front of Drew Holiday. Jimmy's going to recover. Jan, you know, Jimmy kind of prevents Giannis from rolling. And they're going to force Drew Holiday into a jump shot. Bam, what a great way go back there. That was a great box out by Tyler Hero. That's something that you He's don't awesome see in the box score. Yeah. But that saved an offensive rebound right there. Yeah. And that's stuff that they gave up in that Atlanta game. That it looks like they're really taking that to heart, and this, especially in this game, this series, like they need more of that. I know Tyler's not going to play the rest of the series with his injury, but they need that. One, there's there's three guys in the paint crashing. There's only one guy from Milwaukee, and he's the smallest guy on the court. Giannis is not even in the play, and that's what that's really their objective is to try to take him out as as many actions as you can. And that's credit to Spo. That's not that's kind of how they guarded Embiid last year. Right, they want they wanted Bam one on one because you know if if Giannis is not going to be able to get an advantage as a ball handler, the way to do it is to be a screener. But mm -hmm. you know you put your best defenders in those actions and you kind of take that away. From We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And also that outlet pass from Van, like they were pushing pace. That was like a really, like the two things that were definitely like eye-opening from this game that we didn't really see much in the regular season was obviously like you were just mentioning, Bam in the drop. But they were intensely trying to get early offense going. And I think well, yeah, that was we're gonna get into that. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were they were gunning quick. Uh so last look at kind of how they're defending Giannis on defense. Uh look, we're gonna look at kind of a little little semi-transition. You know, same thing. Jimmy, Bam, and Caleb, you see that they kind of have their line like a soccer line. And Giannis is gonna come, boom. Same thing. Three guys, the wall is here. Bam is a primary defender. Jimmy stunts in off his man. Caleb stunts in as his man. They show Giannis sees three guys, right? Now he picks up his dribble, right? He's at the top of the key. He's not a threat from there. You want him to take those shots. You kind of cushion off. Look, Jimmy kind of recovers to make sure that that pass that Giannis makes doesn't go to a wide-open Chris Middleton, who's a dead-eye shooter. You know, Bam's right there. Tyler's ready to step in and take a charge. Max is a low man. Caleb's still holding his line, making sure that yeah. you know he's there to contest. You know, I do Giannis... see right there for split. Like if you go back, like maybe two frames for like a split second, it looked like if Bobby Portis had a, a baseline cut right there, he could have had a wide open layup because Caleb's kind of coming up a little too close yep. to the free throw line. But but at that point, you're making Giannis a passer, which I think is ultimately is what they're trying to, to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and Caleb has to know, like, if I know my man is cutting, I need to make sure to duck in, and then Max has to duck in, and you, now you got to make Bobby a passer. So, you know, they just want – they're trying to cut the head of the snake. Look at Jimmy. Jimmy's shadowing. Bam's in drop, still right in front of him. You're not getting past me. Jimmy is on that side. That pass now is not – that pass to Middleton – is unavailable. He is not Chris Paul or Steve Nash. He's not going to make a behind-the-back pass to Middleton in stride where Jimmy can't recover. So they've effectively taken Chris Middleton out of this play. Yep. Caleb Martin is now, now – now if Bobby cuts, there's really no, not a lot of angle Caleb's going to be able you to got, You got now. help now, finally. You yeah. got help. They and then got the strong side corners, you got two defenders ready there with Bax and Tyler. Like, yeah, they're playing this perfectly positionally. Y'all, Giannis at this point is his only option is to either try to go at Bam, which obviously if you're Miami, you take that, right? You take mm -hmm. that one-on-one -on -one with Jimmy there and Caleb. And Giannis is gonna pass out of this. You know, Bobby, Caleb is right there to contest. Miami gets the rebound. Their tallest people are in the paint. They're not over switching. Milwaukee's a big team. They're not over switching and compromising. They're rebounding. They're together. They are playing very tight team defense. They are playing off of Bam's greatness. Bam, that doesn't work if Bam gets blown by. They know that Bam is going to be able to stay in front. They know that Jimmy is as is scary and responsible enough to be there and to harass. And that's ultimately all you can ask for. They get that this is a win possession for them. They harass Giannis. They force a pass. Caleb recovers. They are moving. They're grooving. They're all I over like, the place. I like that Miami had four guys trying to get the rebound still. So. 
and there was really there for some reason the Bucks were playing. I don't know if this was something they were trying to adjust in game, but it's it seems like they're not really crashing the boards at all for the offensive glass. They were kind of trying to prevent the fast break. Does that seem like what's going on to you? They're crashing. They're they're not they're not sending guys. You know they'll send a guy back to make sure that they're not getting cherry picked or whatever. But they're crashing, and and I think that it's ultimately been. Well, Miami had more fast break points in the last game, so I don't know if that's something that. And that was also, a lot of those were off turnovers too. A lot yeah. of that was off, you know, like Jimmy Steele outlet Kevin. You know, somebody steal to Kevin Love or Lowry outlet. Um, so that 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 stuff has been super yeah. successful for them. Uh, I should have been using this view from the start. This is actually the money view. Um, let's. I don't even know you can get this. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Kevin Love for a little bit, Brian, because you know Kevin has been you know the really the the big addition to their team, and yeah. I think that this is kind of a matchup where a lot of people wanted to see more Kevin Love. So the way this looks, I think, is super important if you're Miami. Um. You know, Vane Hype saying in chat, Kevin Love was sensational. And we got to give him his flowers. Uh, you know, we have we have Kevin Love come into screen here. It's a fake screen. They give it to Jimmy. And now flare. It's a flare. flare. Yeah. yeah. And so we got we got Jimmy in on the elbow, a really dangerous spot. Giannis is now having to defend Kevin Love. Right? Basketball 101. Get the help shot blocker out of the paint. So Jimmy's catching the ball up here. Got Wes Matthews. Kyle Lowry cuts. Giannis is not in this play. Giannis has to be within striking distance of Kevin Love because Jimmy's a good passer. Kyle catches. Bobby Portis is not on time. Kyle, that's an easy finish for a 38-year-old point guard. Look at Jimmy smiling. Got to give my man love. And that's, that's huge. Kevin's moving without the basketball. They have motion in their offense. They're running things. They're not just going out there and winging shit. Kyle is the trigger. Jimmy is holding the ball. They they run this kind give of little go. pitch. That's like a give and go thing. Yeah, yeah, a little give and go. And in a way, you have to remember Miami loves those handoffs so much. Kyle is a threat to shoot off those handoffs. So if we go back here, Kyle's coming off here. He's at the three point line. Javon Carter goes over the screen for Jimmy. Kind of takes that option away from him. But when yeah. you play overly aggressive like that and you have Giannis out of the paint worrying about Kevin Love, that's a cut, veteran move. You go. Kevin yeah. Love did not touch the basketball and allowed that play to happen. And, and also it, on that, yeah, also on that play, you can see Max Struess is in the corner. Joe Ingles could have been a help defender, but he's tight on him. Like he didn't move an inch off of Max Struess. These are reasons why you have Max Struess in the starting lineup and you want to play him and probably Duncan um, quite a bit for game two because this helps Miami's offense, especially with Kevin Love also being a, a shooting threat. Like they're giving you space in the paint to attack. The, the Bucks usually don't do that. They usually want you to shoot the three, but for some reason this game, they went away from that philosophy for a bit. Brian, one of the things that I liked about this set is it kind of encompasses a lot of what Miami does best when they're at their best. So you see Caleb Martin's bringing the ball up. The left side of the court is empty, right? So yeah. they're running. They're starting this. And really, the, 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 the right corner is also kind of vacated. I mean, Max is there. But, but really, the, if you think of it like, like, a, like an offside line in soccer, that line is pushed up. Right. They, yeah. They've kind of risen. They've kind of pulled the tide, you know, close as close, you know, closer to the nail. So when they run this, 
they occupy and reoccupy space. So that corner is empty, and Caleb gets off of the ball to Kyle and then reload. So there's motion, right? So there, he's moving here. Now I'm here. Kevin Love cuts. So there's just – it's everybody's moving, and everyone has a role. And I think that if you're going to beat a, a team like Milwaukee, who has such an elite defense, you've got to do stuff like that, especially, you know, given kind of Miami's handicap. So let's look at another action that K-Love was involved in. We got Jimmy on the wing against Drew Holiday. That's a winning matchup for him. He wants the smallest guy. We know that Drew is a great all-defense kind of guy. But at the end of the day, if you're going one-on-one with a guard and you're Jimmy Butler – that's a win for you. You got Brooke Lopez here at the top of the key, and you have Kevin Love at the three-point line with Brooke Lopez guarding him. The guy in the paint right now is guarding Gabe Vincent, which is Jay Crowder. What is Jimmy going to do? Kevin Love comes to screen. Jimmy goes before the screen comes. Brooke Lopez has to just point at Drew at somebody. Hey, somebody get the help. That low man is now Jay Crowder. Jimmy has a step and the angle. That's not stopping Jimmy. That's an easy basket. Brick Lopez, nowhere near the play. Kevin Love did not touch the basketball. Did not what I mentioned earlier. What I mentioned earlier was, was they took Brooke Lopez out of the paint. Wasn't he like, didn't he finish second for defensive player of the year today? I yes. didn't see the final voting, but did he finish second? Yeah, he finished second. He, he wasn't even in the paint. Like he's usually a drop defender. That's what he's good at. He's not good in the perimeter. And Miami. Like, I mean, we have the numbers from, from uh, Christian Hernandez. He had a 140 offensive ring in the 15 minutes where because Bam's on this play right now. In the 15 minutes that Bam was off the floor and Love was on. And Kevin, plays like this, reasons why. Kevin's shooting like a lot of like really early jump shots too in the clock. And we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into to some of the, the other stuff that that they did with him, but like they they were just so successful. You know, let's just get into it right now. Let's just let's I'll load up some some more Kevin Love actions. But I thought what he was doing um, was absolutely like critical to their success. And I think him him shooting the ball as well as he did is is so crucial. So let's look at this action. Kevin Love at the top of the key. They were doing this all game. Let's give Jimmy the ball in the paint. Jimmy did not have to dribble. Right. It's just K Love because he's a shooter. You know, he's respected. They run these sets with him. He gets the ball. Look, Drew Holiday has to respect that he's going to shoot the ball. Right. Jimmy now can kind of fly into the paint. That's a catch. That low man, Brooke Lopez, now is like, okay, I'm stepping up. I'm going to guard Jimmy. Bobby Portis is like, oh, fuck. And Jimmy kind of goes one on one with him. He has the space. Like, that's what you want. You know, you want these actions where Gabe Vincent hits some shots. He's a threat. You know, Kevin Love hits some shots. He's a threat. That leaves Jimmy one-on-one with Brooke Lopez. And he can score. Like, you want, you know, you want Jimmy to get a foul there or to, or to get to the basket. And kind of like, that's what he's able to do in, the, in those situations. So, I I like that. That was the stuff I liked a ton. Um, and, and I think that they're going to have a lot of success kind of kind of in those roles brian um i thought it was a great kind of plan by spo to get kind of jimmy in those spots without having to move uh in the basket like with the basketball right you, you kind of utilize everybody um 
you know, on the court. So we talked about Duncan too. Let's kind of look at a little bit of a little bit of Duncan action. And I think a big theme today is guys affecting plays without touching the ball. Uh, you know, Jimmy's, you know, they're, they're going to run. We'll kind of rewind that because things happen really fast. Jimmy's bringing the ball up and Duncan's going to come to kind of screen. Jimmy gets off of the ball, gives it to Bam at the top of the key. Brooke Lopez is defending Bam in a drop because Bam had been hitting some jump shots in the second half. And Brooke Lopez is, is you know, has to make sure that, okay, I have to defend this guy. Now Miami has a, an empty corner. Duncan Robinson, who was occupying that corner, comes up to screen for Jimmy off ball. And Bam is a very good passer. Miami's going to be able to get behind Brooke Lopez. Look at that great pass. And that's Duncan's gravity because they cannot leave Duncan to go with Jimmy. They have to respect Duncan. Jimmy's man got lost. Drew Holiday is Jimmy's man. He, look, Drew gets caught behind a, a great Duncan screen. And Jimmy gets a basket. And that's they can do so much of that. And guys don't have to be these great kind of threats, Brian. They yeah. they just have to play within their game and they can do they can help Jimmy be his best self. I'm interested more on Duncan on defense and offense at this point. I think we know that on offense, the Bucks are gonna play, they're gonna send somebody close to him like they did with Max. Like we were watching him, like especially if he's in a corner of us and it's we haven't even seen him really move off the screen as much or like in a dribble handoff, which they can still explore more of that in the second yeah. game. Um, I am actually really curious to see if that's something they would try to go to. Um, Cause obviously there's going to be adjustments from game one that the bucks are going to probably do something different, at least on defense. They'll probably do more of a drop with brick Lopez. I think what they're going to try to do, if I had to guess is they're going to maybe see if Kevin love can do it a second game in a row. And probably play Brooke Lopez more in the paint because it seemed like the one thing that was helping Miami, especially when the Bucks were coming back on that run, uh, I think they brought it close. To either they either tied it or were like within one. And then you had tweeted earlier somewhere that that Jimmy basically went on like an eight zero run by himself. Yeah, well, like yeah, because he got a steal, <laughs> he he got some assists. Like he basically like willed that. But part of that is like I mean, Kevin Love was I think was on the floor during that stretch, and you know, like the possessions where Brooke Lopez was out on the perimeter. Like, I feel like if, if he was probably more in the paint, it, some of that stuff, probably at least Jimmy's not the one probably taking the shot as much, even though I know Jimmy was getting a lot of the shots to go his way. Like his spots, he was getting to his spots pretty easy, especially in that first half. I think he had like 17 shot attempts, which was like the most in heat history in a playoff game. Yeah. I saw that stat somewhere. Um, But yeah, like I think, if I, I'm just thinking, what what did the Buck like? I guess if you're thinking as as Coach Bell, like what did the Bucks do defensively as you're watching this film that they could do differently to kind of stagnate some Miami's offense? Because I highly doubt Miami scoring 130 again tomorrow. I think that Milwaukee has to. I think Milwaukee is a team that likes to stay in their base. I think some of the things they can do is kind of move up a little bit higher on the pick and rolls. I think that they have to be a little more cognizant of Miami's cutting. I think that they just kind of got free. Uh, you saw like Drew kind of gets jammed behind that screen. And I think if you're Grayson Allen, you have to have that recognition and you need to be like, I need to, I need to go make a play here and I need to trust that my teammates are going to kind of rotate out to Duncan Robinson that I have to leave. And I think they need to play with a little bit more trust. I think you kind of saw how Miami is kind of trusting every guy on their line and Milwaukee. I don't think was as kind of cohesive as Miami. Miami really kind of, you know, drop defenses give you space. What drop defenses take away is the paint and the rim. So Miami had to get kind of creative. It's like, can we get to the paint without dribble penetration? And can we get to the basket, 
you know, while taking Brooke Lopez away. And I think that Miami has done some of that. I think if you're Milwaukee, I mean, one of the options is you could play Brooke in an even deeper drop <laughs> to kind of, you know, really kind of take away that cutting, uh, but you kind of open yourself to other things. So let's, let's kind of look at a couple more kind of things that Miami did for Jimmy Butler. As well, we I guess kind of close out the show. If Miami in that in that counter, you basically would try to play smaller still, right? And hope if, that you can take Brook Lopez yeah, off the floor. That's actually one of my, my my final clips. So we'll get into that. So okay. you know, let kind of going back, we remember how we talked earlier how that Kevin Love at the top of the key was such an important play for them. They ran this over and over and over again in this play. So you saw the other one. Let's take a look at another version of how this goes. Kevin Love at the top of the key, Jimmy is going to kind of cut into the middle of the floor. You know, Kevin Love is a shooter. He's a threat. Jimmy's going to catch the ball. Now, Bobby Portis is going to come in to help. Brooke Lopez comes in to help. Jimmy has Max wide open, and he has a Gabe with that little touch pass. Gives it to Gabe Vincent. That's an easy three. And that's a thing that Miami, and you just saw, there were two versions of how that went. When Gabe hits that shot, Bobby cannot come help. And if Bobby doesn't come help, Jimmy's going one-on-one with Brooke Lopez. It was the same exact action, except this time Jimmy sees the rotation, quick, quick touch pass, Gabe nails the three, and he had a great game, shot the ball super well. And yeah. that's huge credit to Spo Brian. I like they, that lineup because it's Jimmy and four shooters. Brian, that's a great point. When have you seen them run this all year? This is new. Spo, yeah, Spo's pulling shit out. Spo's like, watch this, right? So now Milwaukee. Now, if you're Milwaukee, you know you're coming in and you're like, okay, what can we do? Well, you know, one, you have to pressure the pass better. I think that's that's on Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is super out of position. Uh, two, I think Drew Holiday has to do a better job of kind of staying with Jimmy. You know, because once think, Jimmy, once I feel Jimmy like Drew could probably ball, too late. Couldn't Drew also like get closer on Kevin Love to make that pass a little tighter too? Yeah, you want to you got to pressure the pass because at that point you're not getting back into play, right? So you got to be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, but Kevin has the size, right? He's, he's just like yeah. But the thing is, like Kevin Love's also not a threat off the dribble either. So, um, you know, you, Milwaukee's gonna have to answer that. But again, Miami kind of ran this a bunch and, and got a bunch of different looks. Sometimes Kevin shoots off the catch. That was something else that happened in that in, in this game. So. You know, if Kevin's going to shoot so early in the shot clock, and that's why getting early offense is important because the because if you're just a team that just waits till the end, you're only going to get a couple cracks at it, and you're going to become predictable. Because Miami has so much variance, they either shot early, they shot late, Kevin's catching and shooting, Kevin's not. They had that variance in their offense, and Milwaukee's always guessing on what's going to happen. And that that's super huge. Um Let's take a look at another way that they kind of get Jimmy involved. So they kind of run kind of like Spain, but not really. It's like kind of like Spain pick and roll where they run like they kind of like set like a down screen off the initial screen. So Jimmy's going to get the ball in the wing. Giannis is on him. You know, he gets Caleb to screen to bring to bring Bobby Portis into the action. Giannis is now screened out of it. Jimmy's kind of coming in and now Bam screening down. For Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez is kind of the low man here, and Jimmy's just gonna get to his spot and rise up. That contest by Brooke Lopez is late, and Jimmy gets to his spot and hits a jump shot. That's play design, right? That's that that's something that they haven't done a lot of this season. Let, let's get Jimmy a jumper at the elbow, and 
pay attention to Kyle. So Kyle's at the wing and Max is there too. Look at them move out of the way, right? Ke- Kevin's going to move. Kyle's going to run to the corner. Javon Carter chases him, kind of recognizes what's happening. Make sure that Jimmy's space is not crowded. Javon Carter now has to make a choice. Kyle is moving. That pass is available. Javon stays with Kyle. Kevin kind of screens him. Uh, it kind of, a, in a way, a decoy. And Miami gets a great look at at a, at a field goal. And, and we know how Jimmy kind of killed them in drop all night, Brian. I, I thought that he did a great job of kind of getting into his pull-ups. And those are going to be available for him all series. I think one of the things I'm noticing a lot in these clips is that the Bucks don't look athletic without Giannis on the floor. Yeah, they don't. That's, they look that's... pretty stiff, like especially defensively. They look pretty stiff. They're they not look... recovering as fast as they should, especially with Bobby Portis on the floor. They were cooking him on defense. I know offense, he was he was doing a really good job on offense against Bam um, in certain stretches, but defensively, I think he gave – I saw a stat that he gave up like six out of eight attempts on him yeah. like as, as the main defender. But yeah. even as a health defender, he's not hes not even near where he should be to contest some of these shots. Like, really, I think he's given up more points than he's even been credited for on the NBA stats, um, advanced stats, um, you know, breakdown that they have every game. Uh, Brian, so, yeah, I think – yeah, if they're going to play Bobby Portis more, which they might have to if Giannis doesn't play game two – that only helps Miami on offense. So if you're the Heat, you know, everybody's saying, okay, well, Miami shot the ball awesome. Like, of course they won. I think you're seeing that they they tried to do their best to get their shooters and their players in the best possible positions. Um, let's take let's take another let's take another look at, at an action and and this is kind of about kind of where they screen. You know, I'm pretty big on like kind of screen variants and stuff like that. Um Oh no! This is. I'm sorry. I, I got my clips mixed up. This is Bam going. Oh, I should do want to see this, but I do yeah. like. I want to see this though, because so this, Bam this is a- Bam did like his first half. I know Alf went on this rant on Hangover Time last uh, yesterday after the game. Yeah, his first about two quarters, two and a half quarters, he was kind of not aggressive on offense as we would like for him to be, and I think sure. there was a switch that he flipped to start that that third quarter. He kind of went away with it at the end of the third quarter. And then he came back towards the middle of the fourth quarter with that same aggressiveness and it helped close Miami that game. You know, they obviously were still within like a 10, 11 point lead. But I mean, I think the Bucks had it within eight at one point. Then, then uh, Gabe made two straight threes and that was pretty much game. So I think like these kind of plays where bands were about to show band making like these, these quick decisions, hopefully in the mid range area where he can take the pull up jumper that's given to him on the drop. We need more of that, especially with Tyler on. That's why I was saying on hot yesterday. Absolutely. So that's this is exactly that. There, Bam is not in the pick and roll right now, right? That he has Brooke Lopez on him. You know, Gabe Vince is kind of coming off. Jimmy's kind of running. They're just they're just getting Bam to his spot, right? Bam sees Brooke Lopez, takes one dribble, kind of goes at him, gets to that pull up, and it's that attack that's going to be available to him. Let's look at that space that Lopez is giving him. How much time was on a shot clock when you took that? 12. How often Miami ever takes shots? And this is why I'm noticing a theme. Like Miami is not taking these shots in the regular season without less than at least it's single digits always, but it's usually like with like five seconds or less usually. And and this is a later one for them because I mean, they they ran an action to get Bam the ball here. Look, he has the space. They know that he's not, he knows that he's not going to the rim. Look at how much, you know, and he's eating at that. He's eating the space that is given to him. He makes a couple dribbles. He pulls up. 
Lopez could test. That's a tough shot that he hits. And he's gonna have he's gonna have that all series, and he's gonna have to take them. And if they play him even closer, he knows that he can beat these guys in a foot race. So yeah, that it, six it, to ten feet area is a sweet spot for him, though. Yeah, that's what he has. That's what he has to be at. Let's take a look at. Okay, I'm actually this is the one I wanted to show. I want to talk about kind of screen variants and where Miami likes to screen. Typically, Miami likes to screen at the three point line, um, and kind of run pick and roll like that. This was different. Jimmy did it and Gabe did it. Look how far out Bam is screening. We haven't even started the action yet. Is this a spread pick and roll? Hold on. Yeah, no, this is, they're running pick and roll. You know, Jimmy's Jimmy's here. Max is in the corner. Caleb's in the other corner. But look how up Bam is. That screen is coming like 10 feet or whatever behind the three-point line. Gabe is coming off, right? Bam stays. Gabe can have another move. Lopez is not anywhere near that action. And oh, that, that's, three. that's a bucket. Yep. That that was really, and, and it's a pull up three, which is even more impressive. That was a dagger, and those were the shots that were really going to be there for Tyler. Now it's on Kyle, Gabe, Max, and Duncan to kind of take those. But I just think that it's important to look at Miami mixing up their timing when that's Jimmy Butler with the ball. Now all of a sudden, Jimmy has a head of steam going to the basket, right? It's not kind of these low pick and rolls where he wants to get into his jump shot. You know, when he gets ahead of steam and he's one-on-one with Brooke Lopez, you know, with with momentum, you know, it's different. So I thought that kind of the way that Miami kind of screened, you know, remember the finals, you know, the big thing was kind of Jay Crowder saying those flat screens. Yeah. Kind of like these micro adjustments by Spo. And it's like, hey, let's throw them off and let's mix up how we're going to screen and where we're going to be. And we're going to kind of stretch the court as long as we can. And we're going to try to eat as much space that you give us. And credit to Gabe. What a good move kind of gets to his jumper. Really, you know, aggressive defense by Grayson Allen there, but hits that shot. Um, and then the last thing, you know, I want to get to, Brian, you talked about how small they look. Look how small Milwaukee is without Giannis. You got, you know, you got, who you got on the a, floor? That's a bam. This is the one. I'm sorry. I'm, Okay. So who do we got on the floor right now? Let's let's point out because especially for the pod audience that's so, watching. You, you know, got Joe Ingles be, on the floor. You got they're gonna be Crowder. Minutes where where Brooke Lopez or Giannis are not on the court if Giannis isn't going to play. So, mm-hmm. you know, continue. I just wanted to kind of reason yeah, why yeah, yeah, yeah. this is important. Like, they're going to have minutes where they're this small. So, on screen, we got, that's Jay Crowder. That's Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's on Kevin Love right now, which is amazing. That was a switch. Uh, that was a switch? Jimmy, yeah, the okay. Jimmy action, yeah. All right. Well, then who else? Who's on the corner? I can't tell. Is that Wesley Matthews, probably? Yeah, that's Wes Matthews. And then you got Bobby Portis. So your biggest yeah. tallest player is Bobby Portis, and then Jake Crowder, I guess, would be your second tallest player, your second uh, big. Um, Joe Ingles, I guess, is kind of a wing. He's, I mean, he's not. He doesn't play tall. Okay, but yeah, like this is like one of their smaller lineups, like you were saying, and yeah, I'm already saying like the switch. I can really see what's going to happen. You get you have an easy pass from Ke- from Kyle Lowry with the switch that Kevin Love was able to get on Drew Holiday, and there's a pocket to pass. Like the, the pocket yeah. exists. Jimmy's which there, is, which is crazy because Caleb Martin's like Wesley Matthews is probably way too close on Caleb on this play. If I'm if like he's a good shooter, but I wouldn't play him that tight. So you're gonna run the action. Kevin's in front of the defense. Jimmy's by himself. Jimmy gets the ball by himself. Now you have they they're in a pan they were in a panic. Now what ends yeah. up happening is Jimmy Butler is on Jay Crowder. Bobby Portis is on the perimeter. Uh Joe Ingles is on the perimeter. 
now your your last line of defense is Drew Holiday as a help man. Jimmy has Jay Crowder see ghosts, no resistance. That's an easy finish for a guy that's bigger and stronger. Go back to that real quick. What did Kevin Love do there that helped? Because he looked like he was taking two defenders out of that play. So, yeah, Jay, so when Kevin's cutting early, and again, this is early offense for Miami, right? They, they, you know, they're running their stuff. Kevin is kind of cutting early. There's nobody yeah. there. Jay Crowder's like, I got to get in front of him to prevent that pass. The Drew pass Holiday. was there. Like, Lowry could have taken that pass. I think he he definitely had the he did the safer pass instead by giving to Jimmy. I think Jay, I think Jay kind of cutting in front, you know, with the size made that difficult. A bounce Jimmy, pass could have gotten in there though. Jimmy's open. Kyle gives the ball to Jimmy. Now Jay, recognizing this, comes to help. Now you're one on one, baby. They're not leaving Max. They're not leaving Kyle. They're not leaving Caleb. You know, you got Kevin Love down there to offensive rebound. You're not worried about that help. If that was Brooke Lopez, you're worried about that. You don't want Brooke Lopez as that low man, you know. And if you're Jimmy, you're like, I, I could beat, I could beat Jay Crowder one on one. Give him the little fake. Look at that. Had him stumbling. There's no resistance. Literally seeing ghosts. And look, all that space he was able that's to easy. create off that one move was crazy. Oh that's yeah, that's easy. dumb offensive foul. Yeah, that's easy. That's that's how they roll, and they have, you know, they have a plan, Brian. And I feel more confident today than I even did yesterday. I don't think that Miami's going to win the series, but I do think that the Heat came whoa, out. Whoa, 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 whoa! I you think, don't think I, they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win, especially with Giannis <sighs> coming back and not having Tyler. But I do think that if if we've seen anything, it's that Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the league. We we just went through the whole game, like a lot of the game went through a lot of things that Miami doesn't do during the regular season. Kind of highlighted these new things that we haven't seen from them. And it kind of just shows that Spo is always innovating, uh, knows how to play the matchups. Is like, hey, I know this team is good and we're going to find ways to attack it. I think that the priority was to eat space and get to the soft spots of those drops. And I'll, Brian, a lot of that you saw was without three-point shooting. It was not – the looks were not to get open three-point shots. The looks were to go to the basket or to get pull-up jump shots. And I think that is huge because I think when we think of attacking the drop, I think we think of dribble handoffs to get Duncan a three-pointer. We don't think of Jimmy Butler going to the paint or Bam Adebayo kind of shooting little jump shots. So Yeah, we think more of those like Gabe Vincent plays where he's taking that pull-up three with – Brooke Lopez, like five feet behind, yeah, behind the three point line. And even Which, then, that was yeah. kind of a, a new thing that the way that they screened. But to Miami Heat's credit, they did shoot 13 of 18 on catch and shoot threes in game one, which was 72%. For the regular season, they shot 34% on those same threes. So that helps. They're going to, they're going to have to shoot well to win this series. I, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty impossible for them if their shooters kind of don't show out uh, that they're going to be able to win. But I think given everything that Miami has, I think that they have, they have a plan, which makes me feel better. Um, and we'll see, we'll see kind of, you know, tomorrow we're going to talk to Ty Windish uh, who covers the bucks for Eurostep. He's going to come come on our, our blue wire, our blue wire mm-hmm. brother. And uh, I got those receipts, Ty. Ty's going to come on and we're going to, we're going to kind of do a, a collab and we're going to talk about kind of where the bucks 
you know, from his kind of perspective, where the Bucks are going to adjust. But if you're Miami, I think, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. I think if Milwaukee plays a little bit more aggressive uh, and, and plays a little bit higher, you know, you have to come up with your own counters. I think that kind of involves more slips to the basket. I think you want Jimmy going downhill more in those scenarios. I think you want kind of more backdoor cuts. And they have they have a recipe. The fact that they won game one means that, you know, they're, they're going to win the counterpick war at least. You know, they're going to they have home court back and they're going to be able to kind of get the last laugh on adjustments. So got to hold serve here. You know, hopefully they can kind of consolidate their win on the road by getting a second one. But Brian, I don't know how you feel, but I feel pretty good. <clears throat> I feel really good with Jimmy Butler on the floor for Miami. When he's on the floor, when he's playing those 40-plus minutes, which he's been playing quite often now in these postseasons, every time he's been in, like we're pretty much expecting him to only get like five minutes of rest max at some points. Yeah. Uh, I really feel good in Miami's chances to win. Um, I don't don't know what this game two will kind of um, play out. I feel like it could be a closer game. I don't probably expect Miami to win by 10 like they just did for game one. But if they keep it close... I do think what's going to help them is the experience of playing all these close clutch time games during the regular season and even that game against the Bulls in the play-in tournament. They seem to have found that half-court offense that we kept complaining about last season um, and, you know, in the clutch. Uh, obviously, their half-court isn't the best, but I feel a little bit more comfortable with Jimmy having the ball, um, making those shots. I do wish that Tyler was honestly because he was also really good as well in, in making a lot of those fourth quarter shots. Like I think he was like top 10 in the NBA in points or something like that. at a certain stretch. I know Bam is like the highest um, efficiency player in the, in the fourth quarter for like yeah. the entire regular season. So it's really going to be the onus is really going to be on Bam probably more as well to make those shots. But then you do see like in stretches where like Max makes a, a crucial three or Gabe makes a crucial three and like they're going to need that from all the role guys as well. It's not going to just be on Jimmy and Bam. You do need the role guys to make the shots when it counts. And that to me is like something we saw on the run last season that was able to get them to the game seven against Boston. There was a game where Max Drews made a couple of threes um, to help them, you know, when I think it was like game three when they were at home. Um, I think that was a game where Bam went off. Um, and that was like one of the plays that I remember like, just like they came back um, and a lot of situations where they're like, especially if they're down, like those are plays that I feel comfortable with some of those guys on the floor because they have that playoff experience. And I really do feel a lot more comfortable now seeing Kevin Love in the first time in the playoffs in a heat uniform. Like if he can provide that too as a veteran presence and they can like kind of, you know, take under his leadership on the floor, he kind of provides some of that PJ Tucker, you know, prowess on the floor that, you know, they kind of didn't have um, until they were able to require him, you know, midseason. So, like, I honestly think they have a good supporting cast that I wasn't expecting to play at this level entering the playoffs. That game one really showed me a lot of good signs that they can definitely make a run, um, at least into making this a six, seven game series where they could win because right now they have home court. I think they um, if they it, go up we'll 2-0, though, if they go up 2-0, though, baby, to baby. me, to me, this series is over. I wouldn't say that. I think that they they do not they are not good enough to to not take this one game at a time. But I certainly think that if if they win game two, it's 
it's looking it's looking real good if you're I, Miami. I would not expect the Bucks to beat Miami two times on their home floor. And I mean, listen, we're we're not we're not two years removed from that already happening. I know, but to me, I was tweeting this in our group chat earlier. Like, maybe Miami did the good thing in losing that Atlanta game because <clears throat> I, I don't know. I feel like I this agree. defense plays into Miami's offense a lot better than the than Boston's um, switch happy scheme. Like to me, this is possibly the more favorable matchup for Miami. I think that the one thing they have to watch out for is kind of Giannis getting going as a roller. I think that's the one thing that I need to see them deal with. Yeah. I, we see the plan. But Giannis did not get a single attempt as a roller. Uh, I watched the whole game. Did not get a single attempt as a roller. We The only time that they tried was kind of that time that Jimmy kind of jammed and blew up the play. But, you know, they have to, they have to show that they have an answer for that. Um, before I feel more comfortable. And also, like, Giannis in transition, I think Miami has to be take care of the ball. I think if you give the Bucks kind of transition opportunities, and we kind of Miami has um, a tendency to, at times, be a little careless with the ball. So I think making sure that they don't turn the ball over is pretty enormous for them. I don't know how many turnovers they had um, last game, but it, it felt it felt like, like they were under 12, which I think is, is the sweet spot for them. Um, they had, I'll tell you right now, they had 15 Miami turnovers. Had 15. <clears throat> they had 15 down. turnovers. Yeah. But obviously Giannis was not there for more than half the game. So you got to keep that in check. But like I said, they, you know, they, there's certainly things that I need to see them show an answer to. But early on, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better start. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling good about game two. That's going to be a huge game for them. I think, if, like you said, if they win that game, you know, you obviously kind of step on the necks of the Bucks. You put them with or without Giannis. You really put their backs against the wall, and you really you have all the control. Because what happened have... in the bubble, it was exactly what happened. In the bubble. They won that second game. And that was that second game. I think was the one that went to overtime, right? Where Jimmy had to make the the two free throws at the end. I believe that was to, game two, yeah. I think that was game two. So I kind of expect a similar game because yeah, I remember game one. Jimmy had a similar performance where he just went nuclear. Game two was more of a was more of a balanced offense for Miami. I don't think Jimmy had as many points in that game. Um, obviously, Goron's not playing for Miami, so who who fills them that role if Jimmy can't get you 35 in game two will come will be interesting to see, but I do think in terms of what Miami can do, like there's stuff from the bubble that I can see some correlations playing in this series as well. You need a big game out of Bam. You need to see if you can get Lopez into foul trouble because that I think will for sure free bam up a ton with or without Giannis. And, you know, hopefully bam doesn't get in foul trouble. If he's the one defending Giannis, that's another kind of aspect. of That would be the one thing the bucks would need to do in terms of adjustments. If they can get bam off the floor and Giannis is playing that, that would you see Coley's Eller moments? I think you have, I I think you have to be careful with how often you play love. Cause I do think like Milwaukee, you know, I didn't include this, but Milwaukee attacked Kevin and, and drop a lot. And I thought they did a good job. We didn't see the zone yesterday. I think that's that true. that's certainly in their back pocket as well. And I think given the way that Milwaukee's shooting, it'll certainly be a weapon for them at some point if they need to. But, you know, they have Miami has cards to play, Brian. Yeah. Um, you know, Milwaukee has some cards to play. It's it's a very early in the series. But, man, if Miami can get... Bucks took 45 threes. Yeah, we and that's Miami's defense. That. And listen, <laughs> if they hit... 37% of those Miami loses the game, right? Like pretty simple. Sure. So 
um, you know, you gotta, you know, that's also kind of the, the, the other part of their defense. Uh, you gotta be careful. And, and, and if they hit some threes, Miami's going to adjust and that's kind of, kind of free up some of the stuff in the middle. So we'll see where they go. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll kind of get into more who's going to start, you know, in place of Tyler, we'll kind of get into more of that today was more of a, 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 a day in review, kind of kick off our playoff post game or post coverage, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, man, let's check out, check out, uh, we got hangover time on Wednesday. Uh, pre-gaming, of course, before the game. Remember, the game starts at 9 p.m., so we got a nice late start here. Uh, so hopefully hopefully, y'all stay up and join hot. We got a pod tomorrow with Ty Windish. We have a guest, um, and then we have a Thursday pod, uh, you know, hopefully with somebody who was covering the game. Uh, Tiff and I holding it down with somebody who might be at the game uh, as media. So, you know, be on the lookout for that on Thursday, kind of recap. Game two going into Saturday, which we will have a uh, full coverage pre and post game uh, on Saturday night uh, for for Heat Bucks game three. That'll be in Miami. So we have you covered on the weekends. Uh, all this playoffs. Are, how- you're, are you going into those games or you're, gonna, you're not going? I got to work, Brian. <laughs> so is Christian, but he's going. Uh, well, Chris, Christian lives a different life than I do, Ryan. Ticket holder, tell Ethan not. get you credentials. Tell him, tell, tell him you well, need I to think, go. I think Ethan, Brady, and Alex uh, got tell that. Tell him you have to hold Kyle Lowry accountable. Yeah, I got somebody has to do it. All right, guys, we will see you tomorrow. And uh, remember, Miami Gaming Parties. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.